Thank you so much for inviting me back here to IES Teens Pastor Josh. I really appreciate it. And I have been super excited to go through this series with all of you. Uh, when Posh and I met and talked about what we were going to do for this series, we know that we're going to do a series together, but um, and he was telling me about what's the point. It's, um, I'm, I'm just super excited and I am super excited to be back here with all of you. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Tirza. I am currently the associate pastor at our newest IES, IES Christ the King. But before that, um, I was a teens pastor at, here at IES Teens. And then way back when, before that, I was one of the teens at IES Teens, so this is for me like a coming home, and so I'm super excited to be here. Again, thank you, uh, Posh and Matthew and Titus for having me. So what's the point? Uh, so last week, Posh preached on the hustle culture and this question, what's the point of striving? Why do we do all of these things day in and day out? What is the point? And when we talked about stuff, we ended up uh, saying that I would be talking about resting um, because that's what you guys are going into, right? School break. School breaks are for resting and binge watching and sleeping in and playing video games, right? I am that way too. When I was in uni and when I was in high school and in IB, once I had a break, I just wanted to bum around. And for me, I was like, that's the balance, right? Rest and um, hustle. So there needs to be some kind of balance. And so when it's a day off, I'm like a bum. Um, so I realized this, that rest is important and self-care is too. And those are those two terms have been just thrown around a lot in, in our society these days. Um, but I realized something. Rest and self-care are really, really important. Um, or even the like living the easy life is really cool because that's sometimes what we like what we're striving for, right? I'm hustling today in order for me to be able to live an easy life later on. But I realized that even though all of those things are important, there is a bigger, more important point that needed to be addressed. So what is the point? Before we continue, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We ask that you would speak to each and every one of us, me included. Lord, encourage us in areas that need to be encouraged and challenge us in areas that needs to be challenged. And Lord, we are listening. Help us focus on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So my sermon for today is actually uh, titled A Tale of Two Trees. And so the first tree is actually um, something that Posh already mentioned last week, and it's from Genesis 3 verses 1 through 7. So I'm going to read this real quick for you. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you shall die. 
But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. So the first tree talks about the problem. And I know we're asking, what's the point? Well, I'll start with the point. The point which humanity and all of us seems to have missed is to be in alignment with God. That's the original idea in Genesis. Everything in alignment to the purpose and will of God. But that's where the whole kerfuffle with the first tree happened. Adam and Eve wanted to do stuff their way, not God's way. Everything was created in accordance, in alignment to God's will and purpose. But Adam and Eve were tempted by this idea that they don't need God, that they can figure out what is good and evil without God, that they will be able to figure out the purpose of their lives without God. So it's really not about the fruit. It was about this whole idea to be independent from God. And those are two words, independence and self-sufficiency. Those two words are words that I want to share with you today. Those are good things, right? Not needing anyone, not needing even God. No, that's not a good thing. But you know, that's something that the world says is a value, independence and self-sufficiency. And don't get me wrong. If you know me at all, I'm all for independence. I love being able to do stuff by myself and, you know, create my own rules and things like that. But you know what? Being independent and being self-sufficient is good, but we were never created to be independent from God. We were never created to be self-sufficient from God. And so we need to get that straight. We, our tendencies, like Adam and Eve, is is us wanting to do stuff our way. We want to hustle our way. We want to rest our way. But when we do this life our way and tell God that we don't want him to be anywhere in this life, we miss the important point. We miss the most important point. Because the thing is, you can't figure out the point of your existence without the creator of said existence. Our existence doesn't make sense when we're out of alignment from God. So let me just let that sink in for a little bit. We cannot figure out the purpose for our life, the point for our hustle and our resting, our building a life. We cannot figure out that without the creator of life itself. So let me talk a little bit on the idea of alignment. So if you are driving um, on the road, like this actually, actually um, bugs me. Whenever I'm driving, say, in Sudirman, and like, if it's my lane, this is my lane. Like it's 
frustrating when people don't know where they want to go and so they keep on going from one lane to another or even worse when they are in two lanes at once so they're like kind of in the middle and they kind of don't know it, it it's sort of like they don't really know what they want or this gets to me when someone is in a different lane but they are trying to go uh, and turn left and so they have to go all the way from here and just cut in front of you don't get me started on that. But the idea of alignment is to stay in a specific lane. And let me put it a different way. If we are out of alignment, everything goes wrong. And um, so when I was in Seattle, um, I remember I was moving out of my dorm room and I tweaked my back. And then I, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm young. I can, I can just kind of, you know, get over it. But then everything started to go wrong. Like my hip was hurting. And then like, I didn't have really good uh, mobility in my shoulders. And I felt like I was falling apart. Not even my back. Like I felt like my back was manageable, but I felt like I was falling apart. And because I was like aching here and, and, and limited there and so I went to the chiropractor and the chiropractor actually like you know did stuff to my back and and yes things I, I don't even I don't even know what chiropractor really actually does but apparently this is all my um but the chiropractor was saying that my back was out of alignment and so it was putting undue pressure on different parts of my body and when I think about that, I actually think about our lives and being in alignment with God. When we are out of alignment with God, a lot of the things in our lives actually get undue pressure. For example, if we're supposed to be in alignment with the will and purpose of God, our creator, but then we are out of alignment and we rely on other things to give us that purpose, to give us that uh, the point, for example, like popularity or friends um, or even, you know, our accomplishments. When we rely on those things to, um, to align our lives, then it's pressure that those things cannot handle. And so everything in our lives get messed up because we're not in alignment with God. And so I ask myself this, what is it to be out of alignment? When, you know, you understand being out, like your back's not aligned, but how about being out of alignment with God? What are the symptoms of that? Um, I actually realized that to be out of alignment with God is usually about having an almost obsessive focus on ourselves. Um, the first can be pride. When we say, hey, everything that I have accomplished in my life, the good things, the, the, the test scores, the, the friends that I have, the popularity, all of that is because of me. And that my friends, um, is being out of alignment with God, not, not acknowledging that all of the things that we have in our, our lives are gifts from God. Um, the second thing 
this almost obsessive focus on ourselves, it's actually, it feels like the exact opposite. It's false humility. When we're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm not that good. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not that skilled or I'm not like we put ourselves down and we say, oh, I'm not, I'm not this. You know what? Some, let me share you something. Like we all struggle with insecurities, not just you. Um, your leaders struggle with insecurities. Your pastors struggle with insecurities. Your parents struggle with insecurities. We're human. And so insecurities is, uh, are something that we all have to kind of struggle through. But when we lose focus on God and focus more on our insecurities and let our insecurities define our lives, then that is being out of alignment with God. When we, when we really focus on all of the things that we cannot do or we cannot accomplish or we, we're, we're anxious because um, this is like, oh, I can never do this. I can never do that because like I'm, I'm limited. I'm, that is a focus on ourselves. And the other thing, um, pride, false humility. And the other thing is actually gluttony. I know that's not a word that we talk about a lot, but you'll actually get this. Wanting to satisfy selfish desires or doing things not in moderation. And a lot of the times we fall in, and I understand this is because I struggle with this too. We fall into this idea of, oh, YOLO, you only live once. And so I am going to do everything to the extreme because I can. And you know what? When we do that and we're like, oh, this is what I want. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes to get what I want. That is an obsessive focus on ourselves and our desires. And you know what? Philippians 3 verse 19 says this. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. When they are, when they are driven by their desires, their end is destruction. And so that is what it's like to be out of alignment. And so what? Then and we're going to go to the next tree actually, and we can find this next tree in John 15 verses 1 through 11. And I'll just read through this again very quickly. This is Jesus saying, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. 
If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So this is the second tree. And this actually offers a solution to the problem at the first tree. Jesus offered a solution for a world that is out of alignment from its creator. And the solution is to abide in him. You might have picked that up from that passage that I read, the phrase that kept on getting repeated over and over and over again is to abide in me, Jesus says. So Jesus is the true vine. And that means he is the authentic vine. Which means there are other vines that are not authentic. And if we hitch our lives to those vines, we're in deep trouble. There are other things we can align our lives to, but they are not the real deal. Sometimes we have this temptation or tendency to align ourselves to the trend or what, what our friends want. It's peer pressure. But if we align to that, that's not the real deal. I'm not saying having friends is bad. I'm saying that if your friends get to tell you the point of your life or dictate to you the point of your life, that's not the real deal. And if we align our, our lives to um, a specific dream, I don't know, like to get the corner office and to, to have this much money. Those are good things. Those are not bad things, but they're not the real deal that you can align your lives to. See, if we hitch our lives to these vines that are not authentic, we're in deep trouble. Our lives would be in deep trouble. If we align ourselves to what people think of us on social media, so we manufacture our lives in such a way that we will please the people there. That's not the real deal, friends. And I'm reading through Galatians, and Galatians says this, uh, in Galatians, Paul says this, that if I focus on wanting to please humans. I'm no longer a servant of Christ. And he's pretty blunt and extreme in that, but sometimes we get too focused and we make the world and what the world think about us as the point that we miss out on the true vine, the authentic vine, the one that we actually supposed to be connected to. So this word abide actually means a continuity. It's not just a one-off tag. Okay, Jesus, I've abide. I've what is the past tense of abide? Um, but it's not like a check one-off. The word abide actually means continuing to abide. It's a constant relationship. It's something that you have every day, every moment of every day. 
The other thing that Jesus talked about in this passage is pruning. And let me tell you this, I don't really understand plants. I am not a green thumb person at all. I would consider myself a black thumb to the point where I think um, plants need Plants need to have a certain skill to be able to survive living with me. Let's just put it that way. But anyways, Jesus talked about this, this idea of pruning. This pursuit of being in alignment with God to constantly abide in Christ is not easy. Pruning is what happens when like, you cut off some things. There are, there are things that, you know, you clean the branches and that requires cutting off like the dead pieces or the things that are not making it healthy. And so sometimes we think about our lives with Christ and say that, oh, if I am in Christ, everything needs to be butterflies and unicorns and rainbows and it's never going to be uncomfortable. But let me tell you this, if we are in the process of aligning ourselves to the purpose and will of God, there is going to be some uncomfortableness. Because when we are so used to living life the way we want to, and now we are starting to realign ourselves to abiding in Jesus, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. It'll, it's going to take a little getting used to or a lot. So I found this quote that um, kind of is, is, is really interesting um, from a gardening site of some sort. It says this, as winter approaches, grapevines will shrivel, turn brown, and appear to be dead. On the other hand, vines that have died recently can still appear to look healthy and alive. Because of this, it can be hard to tell if the grapevine is still alive or just dormant for the winter. The best way to know if the grapevine is alive is to wait for spring and buds to appear. This is very interesting to me because it's telling me that sometimes, actually a lot of the times, the appearance can be deceiving. Outward appearance can be deceiving. And sometimes we get really, really, really bogged down on the outward appearance. And so we judge people based on, oh, you know, they, they are these like pious, like good, holy Christians. And so I'm sure they are abiding in Christ and living according to God's purpose. And then we look at someone who looks like a mess and you're like, oh, they are not living their lives. Um, and so we have this tendency to judge other people. Um, but what it's saying is it's really not about what people look like on the outside. It's not about how we look like on the outside. What really tells about the condition of our life is our fruit. So let me talk about fruit because I feel like this is something that if you have been in church for a, lot, a, a long time, they talk about, oh, you need to bear fruit. And people think that it is something that is quantifiable. Like, oh, that means you have to have brought five friends to Jesus and those five friends have to have been baptized or something like that. 
But you know what? Fruit isn't about productivity. It's not about achievements. It's not about a checklist that you can check off. Fruit here, when Jesus is talking about fruit, is about abiding. It's about living in continual connectedness to Jesus. So when Jesus says, oh, when you abide with me, you will bear fruit. It means that your life, because you're connected to Jesus, is going to operate like it's connected to Jesus. Fruit production is the natural consequence of staying connected to the source of life. We don't choose whether or not we produce fruit. We do, however, choose where and how we abide. Where and how we stay connected to Christ, continue to be connected to Christ. So what? What do we do now? So I want to challenge all of us, me included, to do four things. First thing, take inventory of your life. Maybe even jot things down. Take a pen and a journal, a piece of paper or something. Jot things down. What are your priorities? What are your commitments? Um, what are your values? Who do you value? Maybe list down what are your hopes and dreams and goals. Just fill out that page or take multiple pages. The second thing is this, and this one is actually more of a dare than an invitation because it takes a little guts. Prayerfully ask God, what are some of the things in my life, these things that I've written down, what are some of these things that are not in alignment with Christ? And ask God that. God, what are some of these things, some of, some of my priorities, some of the things that I value that is not in alignment to your will and your purpose? Show me. And guys, it's a little painful. I've, I've, this, this has happened to me a couple of times in my life where God showed me like this, this thing that you are focused on and you are like really like charging head on is not really what being in alignment with me is like. And that's, that's a hard thing to understand or even like take in. So the second one is a little bit more of a dare. And then the third one, actually not not any easier, is to reprioritize. Lord, how do I reorder this? I've taken away or 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 redefined the stuff that is not from you. And then how do I reprioritize? And ask God to help you with that. And then the last thing, and this, this I, I love, is be in the truth. Spend time discovering who God is. Pursue who Jesus is. Pursue who Jesus is. Get to know Jesus. Spend time in God's word, not because you have a Bible plan that you are, you have to catch up on and there's a checklist there. Don't pray because you have to pray because you want to talk to God through some stuff that you're happening that's happening in your life. 
So it's not about quantity and it's not about checklists. It's about being connected to Christ. And you know what? Abiding in Christ doesn't mean that you are going to spend 12 hours of your break meditating on God's word. If you, if, if that is something that you want to do or God's asking you to do, then go for it. But a lot of the times abiding actually happens in the ordinary stuff. The conversations with friends, even the times that you um, play games, you can't abide in Christ in so many ways. So that is my invitation and um, my message for you. Um, let me just close us in prayer. Lord, we thank you for just the time to be able to look at your word and look at um, our lives. Lord, we pray that you would gently, graciously help us focus on you. Help us be connected to you. And oh, help us realign our lives to your will and your purpose. Lord, we don't want to focus obsessively on ourselves. We want to look to you, our creator. We love you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name.